Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons, jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story today is one of several stories today that highlight themes, COVID themes, that we anticipated all along. It's the, lately I've been reading the Wall Street Journal again, just, I just prefer to read print and it gets in depth, it gets a little more in depth. So It also does not put you in a state of trance like looking at a computer screen does. Well, that's why you get dry eyes and stuff because you're not blinking. That I think makes that's sense. Why. Yeah, I think that's why. And I mean, even Kindles may, are not so good for me. But I really like it. I get to write on it. It gives me a relationship with my book like I, um, you know, like when I was in school. So the headlines, the front page, just it's gotten so obvious, the propaganda, or at least to me, I see it. It's like that they live where you put the glasses on and the words look different to you. You see an ad for whatever razors and it says buy or obey. I see this stuff and it just screams at me what they're really after. Uh So, so one of the front page stories, the headline was U S policy patchwork spurs new COVID surge. So when you hear that U S policy patchwork spurs new COVID Surge, what Binkley do you think? What do you think I think when I hear that? U.S. policy patchwork spurs new COVID surge. Right. So the COVID surge is caused by a policy patchwork. So I guess they haven't been strict enough with some of the policies that they've pushed through. But look at the United States. If you think of the United States on a map, it's a quilt. It's a patchwork quilt. It's 48 contiguous states. And everyone, that patchwork, if you highlighted, if you gave a different color to every combination of mask requirements or, or startup, whatever, you would clearly see that patchwork quilt is the exact shape of a state or a county. It, it is attacking this concept of states' rights or subsidiarity. And of course, I mean, I got that from the headline because that's what I've been completely keyed into in this whole thing. And in, so it immediately starts in with that. The first, that was the headline. The first, Subline or whatever was a reflection of the American system that limits federal power and distributes power across states and localities. I, I hate that. Nacho Slave turned me on to being really careful with language. The the U.S. government distributes power. The American system distributes power across states and localities. Yes, I can see how. It could be grammatically correct, but it also has the connotation that it is the the power that the power is central and can and that it's it's a central decision to distribute power like a CEO has direct reports. But in fact, it's the feds that are, are taking power. That's the limitation is that you have to actually actively, violently take power to the top. Every person born is a sovereign. Every Maybe that's bad language too. I don't think Nacho Slave likes that because he says that's a reflection of this idea of uh, of ownership, of lordship, the sovereignty. But anyway, well, Kat, I object they, to one that. of the slogans lately has been "people over property," not property over people. That's a very oh. 
That's like anti-capitalism. Let me tell you something. Where do you think now? I, I can we can get into and when we talk about the Indian land decision, the Native American land decision in Oklahoma today, we can talk about property rights. But but most pro- they they do distinguish even the Marxists. I think distinguish between real property like land and personal property. But personal property, any anything that you earn or make is a reflection of your life force. You're spending hours and ergs on that. So it there is no difference in my mind between a person's property and a per- What do you think slavery is? Slavery is converting a person into property that then you confiscate. If you gave them the property you forced them to make, there would be no such thing as slavery. It wouldn't even be a concept. Well, I guess we could argue. I'm sure that is a concept, and that's what our, that's what communism kind of says it's doing. That it's giving it, it's making you work, but it's giving it all back to you. Of course, it's not. Anyway, so but I just want to read this statement by Fauci, which completely confirms what I thought this whole point of this article and this pandemic is. Uh, Fauci says the federalist system mostly works well, but the federalist system, which is this patchwork, mostly works well, but. Quote, it would seem that in this circumstance, you'd have to question that. This goes to something I read. I think Corbett cited it, a short article by an Italian guy where he points out. So Fauci is saying in this case, health, uh, you can't look at the federal system. Well, I'll tell you some. And, and the Corbett guy said health. And you know what? Thomas Zaz, a libertarian psychiatrist that um, call me Pliskin recommended to me said also that that health and and psychiatry can be the greatest uh, tyrannical dictatorial weapon in that it can completely control everything absolutely these i told you about the two books i'm reading right now one of them the rape of the masses the psychology of totalitarian political propaganda the other one the rape of the mind which also talks about totalitarian political propaganda it's just more focused on the individual they both talk about exactly what you're saying right now and that um how did you just phrase that well, it's the could be the single greatest tool or weapon for totalitarian. Th- that's exactly yeah. That's shit. These books that were written control. in the 30s and 40s are talking about similar themes. It's really interesting. Yeah, and th- and they've been doing it since then. They've been implementing it behind the scenes. And here's the thing: this is also they something that's reflected in their. They use it to dominate. Yes. And what it can do is dominate you at at the very most basic thing, what you put into your body, what courses through your blood. They actually can slash open your veins and inject pathogenic DNA. That's what a vaccine is. I'm not saying it's not worthwhile. I mean, I could say that in another conversation, but even there, even the official narrative is that they can forcibly slash open your vein in the name of health. And I'll say this is a pattern. It's also with gun control and terrorism and the drug war and now policing and marriage, the Defense of Marriage Act, and then the Supreme Court thing. It's highways and driving. All of this stuff is said, well, this is something that crosses borders. This is something that a federal system can't control, can't, isn't good enough for. And I'll tell you, you can, you can talk about that stuff as you, uh, you did, uh, ascend the the organizational structure where 
you could then easily, the next step is world government, because what penetrates state borders penetrates national borders. There's no, the, the difference between North Dakota and South Dakota is not, you know, geographically no different from the difference between New York and Canada. So these are all arguments that will ultimately lead to the world government, which is the, world, the opposite of the direction that you want to go in. And that's what this thing is absolutely a part of. And the health thing is much more important than I ever realized. It's really interesting the way that it's working. I've been hearing on CNN and MSNBC lately about how the powers with the governors, the governors and the local governments, they're in charge right now. Trump's not in charge. And then on the other end, we have Trump, like you pointed out a long time ago, is threatening to take away state power to stop the leftist propaganda and everything and having people on the right celebrate that. What a lot of these communists do, and we've talked about this, is they go for, they try to co-op the mid-level administrative positions and organizations where not as many people run, where decisions get made on a local level so they can conduct a takeover from the the ground up as opposed to the top down. They also go for the top down. They try to hit it at every single angle. And we talked about Soros funding all of these local district attorney races a couple of years ago, funneling money through all the state governments. And many of the projects that he's been working with, like Stacey Abrams voting project, all focus on the local levels of government as a way to take control and implement their world government ideas. And then on the other end, we have the Republicans trying to take away state power. So both sides are actively pushing us towards world government. And this is, speaking of Corbett, this was another thing that he pointed out when I always bring up the report from Iron Mountain because it's just so simple, it's so clear, it's um, stylized, but I never understood this one thing about how they wanted to use the threat of an international police force to, to bolster national power over local power. And or over individual sovereignty. And and it's this it's also something I read from one of those Stacey Abrams internships, white papers. Uh, I mentioned it on our special about her where they'll take. They'll take one step back to get two steps forward. They will there. That is a patchwork how they will use. Uh, they don't they want to supersede nation states eventually in order for the world government. But if they can use the national sovereignty as a way to get people on a page they want them to be on or to abandon their local abilities, if your choice is between the U.N. or Trump, you're going to take Trump. But that's going to abandon your local sovereignty, especially if you perceive that local sovereignty as being more Democrat. Yeah, that's the conundrum. That's that we're just an example. In. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty rude. So, <laughs> so yeah, what about, um, there was some stuff with the, there's a, there's a bunch of issues I think about the reopening. They're talking, there's all this conflict. Wait, wait, it's not going wrong. smoothly. <laughs> it's intentionally not going smoothly as is the bailout stuff there. We can't get to all the stories I have for today, but one of them is how, Oh, it's so weird how like the thing that was meant to save small businesses is actually bankrupting them. Oops. It was a, I tweeted, it was an Atlantic article and I'm just like, that's another theme. I absolutely called from minute one and, and, and yet another theme I called, there was another uh, headline on the front page of the wall street journal that said, 
Meat packers slammed by virus turn to robot butchers. What I tell you. You were on it. You were on that's an interesting <laughs> phrasing of that headline. Meat packers <laughs> slammed. What are you getting working blue on this? I'm this not is working blue. Stuff. I'm just saying that whoever oh, wrote that the headline word meat. is working blue. You can't use the word meat. You can't use the word, whatever. So this is important because there are several themes that emerge from this. And I, and it helped me puzzle through the mechanisms here. So when I was complaining that Costco didn't have the bulk meat I wanted, I cannot tell you how many emails I got, especially since we have a lot of people who do homestead or farm or have their own chickens. They said that you, you, you don't realize there are a lot of local producers of meat. You can go to a local butcher shop and it has good organic meat. Just do that. There's no shortage there. They're not changing. I mean, I guess the shortage could flow to them if they get overwhelmed, but so I'm reading this article and I realized why that is, because this is a labor intensive business. It's nuanced. It's kind of unskilled, but you have to be able to see. So it's hard to really drive the little guy out of business when the little guy can have a couple of cows and a couple of workers and really have the same marginal cost because it's really just a question of labor. Or if it has higher marginal cost, it can deliver higher products, higher quality product and that kind of thing. It's, it's hard if you can't fully automate. So they've been trying to automate, trying to automate, and there's a couple of barriers to that. It's very expensive because the labor is cheap. So the, in order to make a decision where capital is more important is that you invest more in capital, you have to be paying more in labor. So if labor is cheap, you're never going to get capital investments to automate. So this is driving the cost of labor from personal protective equipment and all that kind of stuff through the roof. So regulations are creating a higher cost of labor and driving people to capital. At the same time, also, they're emphasizing how dangerous a business this is, how dangerous it is for labor. So now you're going to have maybe increased safety regulations, or at least the argument that the big guys by automating are being good citizens. And they even went further and said that the labor that they are using, uh, they don't, if they automate, they don't actually have to fire people. They can just move them into other jobs. However, that, and they, and that way they won't destroy the towns that they live in. But that's not really how it works because they will stop hiring over time in favor of automation. And like, look at the car industry. They will destroy those towns, but they don't like the bad PR. So they have to have it look like an outside force. And then finally, the way the bailouts work, I didn't have time before the show to investigate if Tyson is getting a huge bailout. I seem to recall that they are using the bailouts to target industry's hardest hit. That was in the paper today. Didn't specifically mention this. But if they can, uh, if they have a better, an easier time accessing the big bailout money than the little mom and pop farmers who are getting duped by all the red tape, then you're going to have this, uh, the, that, the regulations and the bailout is going to subsidize the big, big meat companies into a position where through automation and regulations and this capital subsidy, they can drive the little guy out of business, just like it's happening in many other industries. But this one helped me understand how exactly the mechanism would work to, to get people out of business. Well, it seems to be working quite well because people 
are demoralized in a lot of industries. They're out of work. They can't find work because jobs aren't open. College students, their internships are gone. I think there's a demoral. There's an attempt at a demoralization process going on against the American public right now. And there, and the and these little businesses are closed. So my salon, I have a salon I really like, uh, and that's closed down forever and but the the barbershop our barbershop also closed down so my son who has down syndrome really needs a haircut and he said oh he only goes to chow that's the only person he will go to to do his hair and he's like oh i can't get a haircut because chow went out of business and i said so you're not going to ever get a haircut again he said right that's a loyal customer <laughs> that is a loyal customer he used to like throw frantic fits he was afraid of getting a haircut so i finally got this guy who made him feel comfortable and that's that really is it yeah. so he's never he's going to look like a wild caveman he's going to look like the werewolf that he wants to be because of that but i even know somebody i didn't mention this earlier maybe i did who had a uh saint patrick's day party even though it was supposed to be locked down in California, he invited consenting adults who were fully informed and no, I, I've never heard of any damages. He was arrested and I think he missed his court date. So maybe he's looking to take a stand, but he's going to serve probably 90 days in jail, pay a big fine. And this is all criminal. So the way stuff like that should work is that people who are damaged by like a third party who got COVID from somebody who went to his party and they found that those behaviors were reckless would sue him and the person who went to the party, or maybe just the person who went to the party, the person that they had contact with. And then you'd be liable for your actual damages, which is a great way to get people to take ownership of their decisions and weigh the cost and benefit at an individual level, a subsidiary level. So just, just hitting a few of the deeper principles here because i when you read the the story in a deeper way it's clear that they're attacking the fundamentals across the board yeah the fundamentals are getting up they're going through an upheaval it's i mean things are completely changing i know we're kind of a lot of people are like when's it going to get back to normal when's it going to get back to normal i'm not sure it's going to get back to normal this time i don't know what it's going to look like six months from now a year from now but we'll talk a little bit more about that right after this break. Hey, what's up, guys? With the world as crazy and unpredictable as it currently is, the time to start living a truly sustainable lifestyle, a lifestyle of rugged independence, is right now. And Neighbors Feed and Seed has everything you need to help you do just that. Small engine repair, garden supplies, vegetable plants, bird feed, chicken feed, premium pet food. Neighbors has it all. And right now, they want to give Propaganda Report listeners an opportunity to try one of their new products, Southern Nights CBD Oil, at a 20% discount. So go to NeighborsFeedandSeed.com or visit the store in person if you live in the Smyrna area and use the promo code PROPREPORT, that's one word, all caps, P-R-O-P-R-E-P-O-R-T, and you'll get 20% off of your CBD oil purchase. Look, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Neighbors Feed and Seed is a fantastic business ran by friendly, knowledgeable, liberty-minded people who bend over backwards to help their customers in any way that they can. Check it out. I promise you, you're going to love it. I want to make a quick correction. The coupon code for the CBD oil to get 20% off is PROP, P-R-O-P in all caps. And the coupon code for the starter seed pack for 10% off is PROP REPORT in all caps, no spaces. 
And while we're making announcements tonight, hopefully you'll hear hear this before it happens, is the free-for-all disappearing patron party. So any party-level patron gets to come to this party tonight. I'm going to have a lavender Ricky. I invented it. It's going to be awesome. And uh, that is at 8 p.m. Eastern tonight, which is Friday, July 10th. And if you're a patron uh, of The Truth, a friend of the show, or patron saint, you get in on that. And because we missed Share the Show Tuesday this week and last week, I I will ask you this. I think it's the best episode of any of our outlets, anything that we've ever done. And it is reflected in having the greatest number of downloads. We will probably hit a million downloads by the next time we do a show because in part of the, our most recent propaganda report, proper deep dive, it's episode, what is it? 187? 187 is what it'll be. Yeah. It is about brainwashing the masses, and it it is a must-listen. So please not only listen to it, but share it across your social media. It's, uh, it, you just have to listen to Let it. Let your communist friends or your protesting friends hear it so that they know what the people who are leading them are actually about. I think it might make their heads explode, so I'm not sure. <laughs> I want to draw that kind of fire, but right on. That's the business we're in. So there's been a lot of talk about sports coming back, speaking of the, the changes in society. And everybody needs sports to come back. They want sports to come back. When, when are we going to get the NBA? When are we going to get football? I don't know that we will. I know that they're going to continue talking about it because they can propagate the messages that they're trying to propagate without actually playing sports. I think it would be effective if they did try to have a few games in the NFL and the NBA, and they probably will. But I love sports. I don't want sports to come back if they're going to come back like this because they're coming back with conditions that are just beyond what they were before. We always have known that there's a little bit of WWE to sports, that it's not always pure and that there can be some manipulation going on and a lot of cheating. However, uh, also the propaganda of the NFL, we all know that and for the most part accept it. But now this is completely getting over the top. The only reason that sports would come back if they come back, in my opinion, is to be a vehicle for Marxist propaganda, over the top Marxist propaganda. And that's important because sports largely, while adults love sports and they pay for sports, they impact the hearts and minds of children more than anybody else because children identify with and they idolize LeBron James, they idolize their favorite players, and they wear their jerseys, they buy their shoes, their parents do, and they mimic them. And one of the things they're doing, of the many, is they're talking about putting social justice slogans on the back of everybody's jersey. So you have a slogan, which is a symbol, and it's a simplification of a bunch of different complex ideas and emotions, and your favorite player's wearing it, you're going to beg your mom to buy you that jersey that has that. So, so now, not only is your favorite player a walking billboard for Marxism, your child is a walking billboard for Marxism. And they will sell these jerseys. So they're essentially selling propaganda that people are going to put on their backs of, the, of their children. And their children are going to mimic their favorite players. And they're putting Black Lives Matter across the court, like in big letters, BLM. That's stamping a hammer and sickle on the basketball court. This is not for sports. This is purely to spread propaganda, and I don't want it to come back. And just like we were talking about TikTok and other things, they that is run by a Disney guy, former Disney guy. 
This is the stuff parents are so desperate. I can tell you firsthand, parents are so desperate for just something safe they can plug their kids into, which is how TikTok got everybody. There's two, two billion downloads of their app. I think I said just downloads, downloads of their app. There were, it broke a record of over 300 million downloads of the app first quarter of this year. They got into everyone's home while it was wholesome. And then, or at least it was launched and gained popularity while it was wholesome. And if you think you just, you think that the sports, I'm telling you, I went to a Rams game once in California when the thing first opened there. I think they did it like in some, not in their new stadium. It was whatever while ago. It was so freaking disgusting. And I had to say like people were so drunk and it was practically pornographic what people were doing to each other. And they're dry. I mean, it must've been like the, I don't know how expensive the tickets were, but it just felt like people were like fucking going crazy. Like this was just no holds barred. This was their day, you know? And, uh, I said to my husband, I said, this, this is not an appropriate environment for children. And he said, yeah, definitely not. I don't know if that's common or what, but I couldn't believe it. I, I never even thought of that. It was not an okay place for kids, but it was not an okay place for kids. Yeah, there's definitely a lot anyway. of vulgarity going on in a football stadium. It wasn't that. It was it was really just disgusting, like very, maybe because it was L.A. and like the attire was just shocking. And it, I don't know. It was gross. Anyway, but my point is that you, you're completely unaware. It's conditioned white. You're just unafraid and unaware. You're completely open to it. You're not censoring what the kids are watching at all. That's why... The Timberlake Jackson wardrobe mal- malfunction was was it, people were horrified by that because you had just all these little kids just, you know, eyes wide open being exposed to that. Yeah. And if sports come back, they're going to be exposed to a lot more overt forms of propaganda. Right. And what about so I was I was aware of some surveys of school of school reopenings. People uh, somebody was telling me in their school they they sent out a survey to the kids parents whatever and 89% of the parents wanted full school reopening in and this was in a liberal place they wanted full well, school reopening yeah. i do i'm sure most obviously. people probably do because they have to go to work or they have to work and their kids are probably And it's bad for the kids you don't understand the kids are really really going crazy too they yeah. need the sports for example the problem is, like we talked about yesterday a little bit, is the mask thing. Bullying is going to happen when people don't wear masks. And there's a discussion right now. I know some schools have probably already determined that it's required to wear masks. I know the University of Georgia system is apparently mandated mask. And some counties in Georgia have been having school board meetings. And I watched one of them last night. I watched and watched the whole thing. It was like three hours. But I, I skimmed through to kind of see what people were saying. And I read the comments and... Basically, parents got a chance to go up to the podium and comment about, you know, what their preference are, what their concerns are. And there was a lot of people talking about masks and there was a lot of people getting up there and saying, why don't you just mandate mask, mandate mask now. And then some of the some of the administrators presenting were talking about you need to wear masks they are not mandated, but you just need to wear them. And it seemed like the majority of people were pro mask, wanting mask mandates, but there were more people who were openly speaking 
about we, we don't need we can't have masks we can't make masks mandatory there was more people taking that position than i thought that there would be and there was some kind of rousing ovations after some comments people made about not mandating masks and not forcing people to have masks because they don't feel like their opinions are being heard or discussed. That's, That's exactly why people what it just is. when when someone speaks the truth and you've known it and you're you're batting your head against the wall because of that. But with little kids wearing masks, they don't even the official narrative is they don't need them. I someone needs to prove to me about the asymptomatic viral shedding before I'll think that there's any argument well, for maybe it. Maybe Keisha all. Lance Bottoms who said that she has COVID and she has shown no symptoms. She might have been a false positive on the PCR test, which is uncorrelated, in my opinion, to the symptoms, which therefore is uncorrelated to the disease because the disease is the symptoms, is it not? So, but kids will throw the masks on the floor. They will get super filthy. They will absolutely be disgusting. And there will be so much litter. I'm already seeing masks on the street and the gutters and stuff. They're everywhere. And some of the masks, this point was made in one of these one of the people that were speaking yesterday in this thing. And she said that kids are wearing these masks. And I've talked a lot about how they're apparel that you get from target. It's like a shirt, except it's in the form of a mask. And a kid's going to touch his face all day. He's going to move it around. He's going to throw it on the floor. It's going to get dirty. It's going to be just like a shirt that you wear a couple days in a row. And this isn't going to be doing anything. It's going to make them more dirty. It's going to make them more prone to having germs all over their face and sticking their hands in their mouth. Keisha, by the way, not to divert the subject, but I just had a thought. Now that she says that she has COVID, I would think that that would be a plus on her, here's why I should be vice president resume. I've experienced this horrible thing that's just wrecking America right now. So, And she might argue that she has the antibodies and can't get it. She can't give it. She can't she get it. She could be close to Biden. Right, she could be close to yeah, because he's old and vulnerable. That's interesting. That the the politicians, I think that actually could be going on. People who want to be politicians, being able to say they have COVID. Yeah, and my guess is if you if you take enough of those tests, well, I don't know how where you get the false positive if a person is prone to a false positive or how that works. But one thing I object to about these numbers is people, if you take a test and you're negative and you go to work, some places might make you take a test every week, right? When At what point do they know you haven't contracted it since then, right? I mean, a test really theoretically should be given every day, right? Before you get to work. But here's the problem. And I was arguing with my husband about it. I just knew there was something very wrong with it. When they say how many cases, I think it's how many positives and it's cumulative. So when they say there's like 3 million cases in this country, they're definitely not active. If you took every every person who was ever tested and you got them, whatever, let's not talk about the tests, but it's cumulative. So I believe that 3 million cases is 3 million positive tests because that's what Johns Hopkins says. And then the CDC says, actually, we think tw- 10 times as many people uh, have had it than have tested positive. But because it's cumulative, the same person taking the test over and over again, if they get more than one positive, would be added to that number. I also think that they're adding in people who haven't tested I was reading right, something right, about right. Texas Confirmed where if cases. you test positive, That's right. then You're right. something like 15 or 16 of the people that you've interacted with through the contact tracing, they figure this out, I guess, are also presumed to be positive cases. But that's so it's backwards. Absurd. That's not data. No. 
It, secondhand smoke was like that. They would just presume. Yeah, presume well, everybody this, has cancer who's this, been in 100 yards no, of a smoker. No evidence at all. No studies at all. They just presume. And then they said there was thirdhand smoke. Like, it gets into your fabrics. Yeah, and <laughs> and that, then you can get cancer from your from that, your filthy couch. That, yes. That, see, that's interesting. I was reading through the comments during this school board town hall that was going on. And there was a lot of people that were responding to people who are anti-mask. They were called anti-maskers, and <laughs> they were responding oh with gosh. stuff like, I guess the anti-masker there doesn't like science because masks have been proven over and over again to work, and they're, they're just they're just stating No, these. those pro- – if you're going to look at a study that says it, from the best I could gather, there are – there is a study or have been studies where a very specific kind of mask in a very specific circumstance is useful. So a surgeon yeah. and they have to change them. Like they change them regularly. I don't, I believe they do not wear the same. If they have like a three, four hour surgery, I don't think they're wearing the same mask for four hours. They wear multiple. It lasts like 20 minutes. At once they wear multiple also. Gosh, how can they do it? They must... I mean, maybe they need to take a hit of that oxygen every once in a while. I don't, I mean, it's quite possible. I don't know, but those, uh, I, let's get real science, but we could, we're running out of time. But that's and the so thing is they don't want about. real science. They want people no. to be able to grab onto something that validates what they believe. And people are stating these, they're making these comments as though it's just absolute truth. And I'm reading them and none of the stuff that they're saying has been proven and is absolute is even close to that. But they believe that it is. But that's not what it's about. And they've already gotten us to not think about that stuff anyway. But I want to hear about this Film Your Day thing. Oh, Film Your Day. Film Your Day is a YouTube project where they're calling for everyone in America to film their entire day, make a little documentary film, and send it to Ridley Scott, who's going to turn it into a worldwide documentary. So... Everybody surveil themselves and their habits and their, you know, the intricacies of their daily lives and just let the government and everybody else in and then send it to Ridley Scott. And he'll probably forward so, it to the CIA. The reason I thought that was interesting, a couple of reasons. One is that would be a great way to for you to voluntarily offer up an internal, you know, an inside space mapping the way Google does the outside spaces. And to the yeah. extent that you have security cameras inside or 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 a corporation has security cameras inside on the stairwells they can feed all of that into the total information awareness machine if they think that there's some if they get publicly shamed for it and that may also enforce the thing that you were talking to me about with the that they want people to wear masks inside their homes i mean that's where it's going to start getting crazy because they're going to take your kids away if you can't where if you can't have freedom within your home, and of course we allow them, we're allowing it. They're starting that's why, that conversation about masks inside. That's why when I said if I actually ever went for the homesteading thing, I would not have the time to podcast because I would be spending my time downtown trying to keep them off my property. But when somebody, you're going to want to not wear a mask on your own property if that's the lifestyle you're living. You never go off your property. You're not asking anyone for, you're not plugging into the system. And they still, well, they could come in if you don't have Obamacare too, if you're not registered for that. But they're going to come in and you're going to have to defend your borders with arms. I mean, that's going to be, that's why if you want to do homesteading, I think it probably makes sense to have contiguous areas like you and the guy next to you and the guy next to him, the guy next to him, so that you can join up in a 
voluntary mutual defense pact. A voluntary mu- mutual defense pact. That sounds like sounds like a promising idea. I like it. Yeah, I like it too. I have so much for the patron 15. I want to tell you about the complete contradiction between the Facebook, the pressure Facebook is facing and the pressure TikTok is facing. I want to talk about the Trump ruling a little more nuanced, the Indian land ruling. Let's see what we can get to. And otherwise, we'll have to get to the rest on Monday. All right. And, and if you are not a patron, sign up and come to the party tonight. Do it. You guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to the patron content, go to propaganda, go to patron.com slash propaganda report and sign up. We will talk to you later or in the patron 15. Have a great weekend.